1 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 1. In this chapter, we're going to learn the names of all of the workers in the temple who performed the music and the worship in the temple. These names are really important. The service that we do for the Lord here on earth, I believe it will be rewarded when we get in heaven, and possibly that we'll do the same type of service in heaven because it's gifts that he's given us. So it's important when we serve the Lord, it matters to him. He will reward us with crowns when we get to heaven. And of course, we'll lay those crowns at his feet because we can't do anything without him doing it in us. It's actually his own works that he does in us that allows us to serve him. We can't serve him out of our own flesh and self-will. It's impossible. We're not that good. (laughs) But I do think that Jesus cares a lot about what he does in us that glorifies his name. So these people's names are listed for a reason, because God cares. Whatever you do for the Lord, he is keeping record of that. And the Bible talks about his books where he keeps a record of all the things that we've done. But of course, we can't do anything good unless Jesus does it in us. Verse 1, Moreover, David and the captains of the host separated for the service certain of the sons of Asaph, and of Heman, and of Jeduthun, who should prophesy with harps, with psalteries, and with cymbals. And the number of them that did the work according to their service was, The captains of the army separated these men out, and God's Levites were also warriors, and his prophets were also warriors. Moses was a fighter, Abraham was a fighter, the prophet Samuel also used the sword and killed people. Now under the new covenant, we are never to harm anyone, but we are warriors in Christ. Even the little old lady who can't get out of bed is a warrior in Christ because we fight against the enemy who is Satan and his demons. So all of us should be carrying the sword of the Spirit. 2. Of the sons of Asaph, Zachar and Joseph, and Nethaniah, and Azarela, the sons of Asaph, under the hand of Asaph, who prophesied according to the direction of the king. I guess they prophesied whenever the king asked the Lord a question, and he would call on one of them to prophesy. And this kind of prophecy is when it directly comes from God. There's different kinds of prophecy One kind of prophecy is where you simply extol the name of the Lord. You magnify his name by stating facts about him that are in the Bible, such as God is almighty, he is all-powerful, he is in everything, and everything is created by him, and everything is of him. He lives forever. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the righteous judge. And when you say those facts about God, you are prophesying. Because prophecy and truth are the same thing. So when you speak the truths about God, it is prophecy. Anyone can do that. But the prophecy that verse 2 is talking about is when it's a gift from the Holy Spirit, when God actually gives you information that you wouldn't know unless God gave it to you. 3. Of Jeduthun, the sons of Jeduthun, Jedaliah, and Zeri, and Jeshiah, Hashabiah, and Mattathiah, six under the hands of their father Jeduthun, with harp who prophesied in giving thanks and praising the Lord. Music in the Bible is often used alongside prophecy. There's a couple of instances we've already read of where somebody told the musicians to play, and then they got a prophecy while the musicians were playing. And here in verse 3, it's saying that these particular musicians with a harp 
were told to play specifically to wait on the Lord for a prophecy. Today, there's a lot of the Word of Faith churches who do this same thing, but at the same time, a lot of their doctrine is New Age and occult teachings. Just because a church does one thing right, it doesn't mean that they're doing everything right. But yes, you can play music while God is telling you a prophecy. It happens in the Bible. But unfortunately, a lot of churches will practice something that's in the Bible, but then they'll practice other stuff that is not in the Bible. For of Heman, the sons of Heman, Bukiah, Bataniah, Uziel, Shebuel, and Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliathah, Gedalti, and Romanti Ezer, Joshbekashah, Malathi, Hothir, Mehazoith, those are all the sons of Heman. That was 14 sons, and all of them are musicians and singers. For the sons of Jeduthun, we read five names, but it said he had six sons. And of the sons of Asaph, we read six names. Five, all these were the sons of Heman, the king's seer, in the things pertaining to God, to lift up the horn. And God gave to Heman fourteen sons and three daughters. He had fourteen sons altogether. And it says he was a seer, which means he was a prophet. Seer means that God gives you visions, that you can actually see things in the future or in the spirit. So he was a prophet and a musician and singer. And he was in charge of a lot of the music that went on in the temple, which means he was probably getting prophecies while his sons were playing music. There were probably lots of cases where that happened. Six, all these were under the hands of their fathers for song in the house of the Lord, with cymbals, psalteries, and harps, for the service of the house of God, according to the direction of the king. Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman, those three men and their sons were all in charge of this music. Cymbals are brass, psalteries, and harps are stringed instruments. And the psaltery is a stringed instrument that lays on your lap, and the harp is a bigger stringed instrument. 7. And the number of them with their brethren that were instructed in singing unto the Lord, even all that were skillful, was two hundred fourscore and eight. I counted 282 names in this chapter. I'm not sure how to account for the other six. 288 people. Because score means 20, so four score is 80. So it was 288 people all together in the choir and the orchestra. 8. And they cast lots ward against ward, as well as the small as the great, the teacher as the scholar. That's pretty cool. It didn't matter what age you were or how much you knew in that family. You would have a lot cast for when you were to perform that duty to the Lord of song, and your name would get called on a certain date because your name came up with a certain lot, meaning a certain number. So like you're on day 15, so on day 15 of the month or whatever, they call you to go spend the whole day singing and playing music in the temple. 9. Now the first lot came forth for Asaph to Joseph, the second to Gedaliah, he and his brethren and sons were twelve. On day one, Asaph would sing, and then on day two, Gedaliah and all of his brethren would sing. Brethren means people in your family, which is usually your siblings. 10. The third to Zachar, his sons and his brethren, which equaled 12 altogether. 11. The fourth to Isri, his sons and his brethren, 12. Which means, with each of these, it's saying their brothers and their sons. Everybody in their family would sing 
and play music with them on that day. So on the fourth day, it was Isri and his group of relatives. Twelve, the fifth to Nethaniah, his sons and his brethren, twelve. Thirteen, the sixth to Bukiah, his sons and his brethren, twelve. Now, remember, God is deciding the lots. So it's God's choice who will sing on day one, day two, day three, day four. Because when they're casting the lot, they're doing that in faith, and they're asking the Lord to assign a number to every person. Fourteen, the seventh, Jesaralah, his sons and his brethren, twelve. Fifteen, the eighth, to Jeshiah, his sons and his brethren, twelve. Notice how all of these have a group of 12. 12 represents the 12 tribes of Israel. I don't know if God deliberately let them all have 12 brethren and sons, or if it was just that 12 brethren and sons were picked from their families. It's probably more likely that 12 were picked from their families, but God did make sure that each of these had enough that 12 men could be picked. 16, the ninth to Mataniah, his sons and his brethren, 12. 17, the tenth to Shimei, his sons and his brethren, 12. 18, the eleventh to Azarel, his sons and his brethren, 12. 19, the twelfth to Hashabiah, his sons and his brethren, 12. 20, for the thirteenth, Shubael, his sons and his brethren, 12. 21, for the fourteenth, Mattathiah, his sons and his brethren, 12. This is a different man than the man in verse 16 who is Mataniah with an N. This is Mattathiah with an H. 22 for the 15th to Jeremoth. 22 for the 15th to Jeremoth, his sons and his brethren, 12. 23 for the 16th to Hananiah, his sons and his brethren, 12. 24 for the 17th to Joshbekasha, his sons and his brethren, 12. 25 for the 18th to Hanani, his sons and his brethren, 12. 26 for the 19th to Malathi, his sons and his brethren, 12. 27 for the 20th to Eliathah, his sons and his brethren, 12. 28 for the 1 and 20th to Hother, his sons and his brethren, 12. I think I know why they're using both sons and brothers, because that way they make sure they can have 12 for each group. Because if it was restricted to sons, then one man may not have 12 sons. Or if it's restricted to brothers, a man may not have 12 brothers. So they're using a mixture of both. 29. For the 2 and 20th. That means the 22nd. Gittletai, his sons and his brethren, 12. 30. For the 3 and 20th. To Mahazoith, his sons and his brethren, 12. 31. For the 4 and 20th. To Romantiezer his sons, and his brethren, twelve. Before ending this chapter, I'd like to go over what all these names mean, because these names teach us how to worship and why we should worship the Lord. Heman means faithful. Our Lord is faithful. And Heman himself was faithful in worshiping the Lord. Asaph means to gather my people. And Jedithan means praising. So when you put all three of those top leaders together, Heman, Asaph, and Jedithan, you get the sentence, I am faithful to gather all of the people together to praise the Lord. That's what it means. And that's what these three men's job were, to be faithful to gather all of the people together to praise the Lord. That's what they did. The men under them 
Zachar means mindful. Now, this isn't talking about New Age mindfulness, where you're just in the zone of me, me, me. No, it's talking about being mindful of the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God. Isri means fasting and tribulation. All of us will go through tribulation. All of us will have our faith tested. And we need to have our faith tested so that we know if we really love the Lord and so that He knows if we really love Him. So we should expect tribulation. And when we're in tribulation, we will fast and pray. We'll have to, to stay alive spiritually. We will have to fast to resist temptation. And sometimes we'll want to fast because of our sorrow of the tribulation that we're going through. Through. Jesus went through tribulation. Job went through tribulation. Jacob went through tribulation. So we shouldn't think it's strange if we go through tribulation, but we should praise the Lord through that. Nethaniah means gift of the Lord. The Lord has given each of us a gift that we are to use for his glory. Bukiah means dispersion of the name. When we praise the Lord, we are dispersing his name throughout the land. We're making sure that everybody knows who he is and what he does. Jesharela means justified with God, and that means that our sins are forgiven. If we've repented, our sins are forgiven, and we're now justified by the blood of Jesus Christ that not only forgives our sins, but also leads us into the new life where we resist temptation and we live for him and obey his commandments. Mataniah means hope. With God we have hope for eternal life. Shimai means hearing and obeying. If we follow Jesus, we're obeying him. If we think that we love Jesus, but we don't obey his commands, we don't love him. We're just kidding ourselves. But a true Christian hears and obeys. Azarel means helped by God. Every single person on the planet has been helped by God. We've been given life. We've been given food, water, air, clothing, housing. Some of us have been helped more than others, but all of us have been helped by God. Hashabiah means thinking about Jehovah, who is God. If our minds are on him, that's a form of worship too. Do we spend the day thinking about him? That's what he wants from us. Shubael means returning captivity. All of us were captive to sin, but when Jesus saves you, you return back to the Lord from your captivity, which was the sinful life that you are living in. It also means seat of God. When Jesus saves us, he sets us on high places spiritually. He allows us to be co-heirs with him. That doesn't mean that we become God, but God elevates us to be seated with him in his court. We are in his court of praise because he saved us from the captivity of our sins. Now, that doesn't just mean forgiveness. That means he saved us from a lifestyle of sin. We no longer live in the old life. Mattathiah means gift of the Lord. Each of us is a gift of the Lord because he created us, and we're a gift for him, to himself. He created us for his own purposes, so we should act like gifts and not act like trouble. We should be the gift that he created us to be. Jeremoth means elevation. When we praise the Lord, we're elevating his name, and that is extremely important because he is worthy of all praise, and he is worthy of the highest elevation. And praise is just recognition of that fact. Also, he elevates us at times, like he elevated Esther and Joseph and Moses and Abraham. In order to serve him better, he will sometimes elevate us, put us in a higher place so that we can serve him better. 
Hananiah means the Lord has been gracious, and hasn't he? He's gracious even to the pagans, even to the atheists, even to the witches, because he gives them all life and shelter and food and clothing. He saves them from car wrecks. He saves them from cancer. He's so gracious, he even gives to people who don't love him. Joshbekasha means seated in hardness, but this isn't a really good translation. What it means is that his throne is established and unmovable. His throne is hard. It's not a soft, easy thing that can be tossed away. His throne will never, ever diminish. That's what it means. Hanani means God has gratified or satisfied me, and he certainly has. I don't have the life that I had always dreamed of, but I have a life that's fully satisfying, fully fulfilling, and gratifying because it's a life in Christ. It's a humble existence, but boy, am I thankful for it because I have peace and safety and emotional wholeness, psychological wholeness, spiritual wholeness, and that's way more valuable than all the things that I dreamed of when I was a little girl. Malathi means faithfulness and circumcision. When we're faithful to the Lord, we're obeying his commands, and a circumcised heart is a heart that resists sin, a heart that turns its back on sin. When Satan comes to tempt and he will, we say no, and we look to Jesus. One thing I've learned from all my trials and all of my testings and all of my past sin is that there is nothing, no one and nothing, that is worth losing my relationship with Jesus. If I was offered a million dollars or the most handsome, loving husband or the most beautiful children, I would have to say no if it meant losing Jesus because nothing is worth losing Jesus. Elikiah means you are my God. We only have one God. We don't worship sports. We don't worship money. We don't worship our bodies. We worship God. Hother means excelling and surplus, which means God is a God of plenty. When Jesus fed the thousands, there was tons of food left over. When God gave oil to the widow, she had plenty of oil to pay off all her debts, plus to live on the rest for many years to come. She had a huge surplus. When God gave Moses gifts of miracles and prophecy, he had it in abundance. Same thing with Elijah and all of the other prophets. They had gifts in abundance. God isn't stingy. When he gives you, he gives you a lot. Jedithiah means I have made great, meaning God has made great. God made Joseph great. He made Esther great. He made Abraham great. Sometimes he makes us great and he seats us in a high place, but it's always for his own glory, not for ours. It's so that we can serve him in a specific way. So if he has elevated you to be the CEO of a company or something high like that, or he's made you the pastor of a church, it's for a reason. So don't let that go to waste. Use it like Joseph did. Even when Joseph was in prison, he used every circumstance in his life to do the most for God. So even if you're in prison, use it. Mahazioth means seeing a sign. Now, we aren't supposed to spend all of our time looking for signs and wonders, but God has shown us signs already. There's many signs in the Bible we've already read about. We'll be reading about many more. God has already shown billions and billions of signs. We don't need another sign, but we can worship him for the signs that he's already shown us. Romantiezer means I have raised up help. 
and I have lifted up a horn. Horn means strength. When you need help, God will raise up help to come to you. Either he'll send angels, or he'll send his Holy Spirit, or he'll send other Christians to help you. When you call on the name of Jesus, you will receive help, and it will be mighty and powerful. That's what all those names mean. So those are all reasons to worship the Lord. And I hope that really blessed you and helps you to worship better. And that concludes 1 Chronicles chapter 25.